Hello, friends. Thank you for jumping into another episode of the Access Potential Podcast. This is John Marsh, and today I want to do an episode around the creator archetype. We talk a little bit about archetypes in general, and then specifically dive into the creator archetype, why I think it's so important, why I think it's so important for people, particularly in small business and particularly in 2020. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, let's get started with the episode. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. Okay, so before I go into the creator archetype, I want to talk a little bit about this concept of archetypes or the word archetype in general so that we have an agreed upon sort of context or a mutual understanding on what we're talking about or the word itself before we dive into the creator archetype and some of the others. So the word archetype means the original or an original pattern from which copies are made. Original pattern from which copies are made. It first occurred or appeared in the English language back in the 1540s. Uh, and there's a couple of different ways that we can use the word. We're going to look at the way that was popularized by Carl Jung, Swiss psychiatrist. And this is thinking about archetypes as a collectively inherited unconscious idea pattern of thought or image that is universally present in individual psyche. So this means that it's unconscious. We don't know about it. It's a pattern of thought or an image. Uh, and it is universally present, so present within all of us, but in located in the, the individual psyche. So in my, my mind and your mind. And this was really built upon the original sort of use of the word or the concept, which they think goes as back goes back as far as Plato's times, where he described this this concept of pure forms, which were sort of thought patterns that embodied characteristics of something, and that these things sort of existed outside of humans. So. Carl Jung took that, he built on it a whole bunch, he popularized it, he wrote about it a lot, and that's kind of where we're going to focus. Uh, the way that he used them uh, was that he saw them as innate, universal kind of prototypes or patterns for ideas that he could use to interpret his observations. So basically he could look at you know, how people were thinking or how they were behaving and and use these archetypes as sort of patterns or tools to be able to gain some understanding. So the, he had four major archetypes and they were the anima and animus, the self, the shadow, and the persona. Okay, so he also referred to some images, the wise old man, the child, the mother, and the maiden. Now, these were kind of the original groups, and that was a pretty small group. What happened was down the line, a bunch of authors, uh, two in particular, Carol Pearson and Margaret Mark, developed the concept further. So this is called the Neo-Jungian concepts, or the sort of developed group of these archetypes. And they just they built on Jung's work, and they came up with 12 different ones. And this is where we're starting to 
uh, where we kind of think about them now, what we're going to sort of focus on in this episode in particular. So there were a whole bunch, right? 12 different ones. Uh, the innocent, the hero, the caregiver, the explorer, the rebel, the lover, the creator, the jester, the sage, a few more. Now, what they did is they grouped these 12 different archetypes. Now, remember, we're sort of thinking of these as patterns of thought, behaviors, ways of uh, ways of ways of being. Uh, they grouped these 12 different archetypes into three groups. There was the ego type, there was the soul type, and there was the self type. So the ego type included the innocent, uh, the orphan or the regular guy and girl, the hero, the caregiver. Right. Now, the soul type included four different ones, the explorer, the rebel, the lover, and the creator. Then the self types included the jester, the sage, the magician, the ruler. So even at this point, when you hear all of these different archetypes, you'll be able to start to identify a little bit. Now, it's not like we're going to be fixed in one different archetype or way of being all the time or for our whole life. Uh, but a good example would be like for me, my dad is very much the explorer archetype, explorer or adventurer archetype. Uh, in school, you know, you'd be able to think back to high school. You could think about the jester archetypes. There was always a couple of jesters uh, or magicians, you know. And so these 12 groups got further developed. Uh, there were other authors such as Mar uh, Margaret Hartwell and Joshua Chen and they broke them down even further. And I'm not going to go, they, they called them they called them families the way they broke them down. And I'm not going to go into all of these uh, except for two that I want to talk about. So one of the families they called the citizen family, and that included the citizen, the advocate, the everyman, the networker, and the servant, right? So this is the citizen family, and then the other one is the creator family. And this included the creator, the artist, the entrepreneur, the storyteller, and the visionary, right? So you can see where I'm kind of drawn to, in particular with this podcast, talk a lot about small business, a lot about story, a lot about this concept of art and creating. So we're very much focusing in on this creator family in particular, but I want to talk a little bit about this more uh, in detail and sort of break this down. So and see how you can use this in your work and in your business. So there's a uh, a great little book called The Creativity Leap by a woman, her name is Natalie Nixon. And she talks about her way of thinking about creativity, in particular in organizational structures, you know, where you're locked into this sort of more structural way of being. Uh, how do we maintain our creativity? How do we build creativity? And the first thing is to understand that she sees creativity as a skill that you can develop. And I've talked about this before, is thinking about the word creating rather than am I creative or not? So, you know, am I creative is kind of like a way, it's kind of like an adjective or is it, it's a descriptor. Really what we want to do is focus on it as a skill. I can create, I can practice creating, I can create something and bring it out, Right. And so she she breaks creativity into two two different sort of uh, directions. One is rigor, and one is wonder. So her assertion is that we need to be able to create space for wonder, right? Whether that's you know time at the beach or um, time without scheduled work, 
and then we need to commit to rigor. So we need to be able to work consistently because it's through the work or through the rigor that we can bring up more wonder as well and we can be creative. And she talks a little bit about the, the uh, creator archetype as well. She defines, Natalie Nixon defines a creator archetype as artistic and imaginative helps with realizing a vision. So here's where we're going to zoom out a little bit and let's take a look at the landscape for small business. Uh, we've moved through this network effect that really started to blossom around 2012. People went into social media, hardcore, Facebook, Instagram, all the different social platforms. And this allowed us to connect laterally with each other at scale, right? So this built this network effect. It also uh, really amplified this long tail concept, which is a term by an author, Chris Anderson, uh, which which is really saying that, you know, in this networked, connected culture in, that was made possible by the internet, there's not just like one big market, there's all these different micro markets, millions of different micro markets, and we can choose to engage in particular markets. So it means that, um, you know, businesses such as Amazon really have thrived because Amazon doesn't have specific requirements to stock a certain number of books on the shelf. They can actually stock thousands or millions of products or books, even in very small niches, because they don't necessarily need to keep the goods on site uh, and a bunch of other factors. So this long tail thing is big. Um, it really blew up. This network effect really blew up. Social networking blew up. Communities blew up on the back of that. And what you can see is this concept of belonging to something. And that became very popular. I'm belonging in this Facebook group. I'm in this uh, networking group. I'm in this, you know, um, whatever, these different different tribes. And another person I speak about quite regularly, Seth Godin, he wrote a book, Tribes. And it basically played out exactly as he thought. And we've come to this place where we're, where we're in these circles. We're in, we, we live through what we belong to, the different groups, the different gyms, the different tribes. So it basically unfolded exactly how he thought, uh, and it was fueled by the social network or the social platforms, the, the connectivity or the network effect of the internet. And we had the citizen archetype, the citizen and the advocate, because when we're joining into a tribe or a group, we become an advocate for that group. We become a citizen. Okay, so what will happen with a lot of small business owners that I work with is they come to me and they're part of different groups. They're part of lots of different groups. And they're in you know, this other mentoring group and they're in this group for their personal development and they're, and they're maybe they're a coach um, for their skill set and then they're in another um, you know, multitude of different groups. You know, it's not uncommon. I'll meet people in five or six or 10 different Facebook groups. They're citizens, right? This is the citizen archetype or the advocate. And quite often they'll be raving fans for these groups, which is great. This is, again is the advocate. Now, what happens is as this network effect flows out and there's more and more of these two to be a part of and the friction for creating these groups goes down, 
this archetype of the citizen or the advocate becomes a dime a dozen, becomes everywhere. So when we think about normal mar market drivers, we have this concept of supply and demand. When there's a lot of something, there's not that much demand for it. When there's not that much of something, there's a huge amount of demand for it. So when people freaked out around the coronavirus and go to the store to buy all the toilet paper, there's, uh, there's you know, a limited amount of supply uh, or a perceived limited amount of supply and therefore a lot of demand. So you get this, you get this rush, right? So there's a lot of citizens, there's a lot of advocates, right? There's a lot of networkers. That archetype is everywhere because everyone is a part of something and they're a fan of something, which is great. What it also means though is there's a gap in the creator archetype. We're actually looking for people to stand up and create. We're looking for the artist, we're looking for the storyteller, we're looking for the visionary, we're looking for the entrepreneur. We don't need more citizens. Now it's not saying that the citizen is not a helpful archetype, but from a supply and demand perspective, we're really celebrating the creators. And now this is where your opportunity exists for a lot of business owners because you're most likely coming into a market or a niche or, a, or an area where there are other people, right? There's a lot of, a lot of competition, most likely. And so what you can choose to do is one, niche down and create a very specific uh, niche. I call this the super niche, which is very powerful. And then two, adopt the creator archetype, right? Step into the shoes of the creator. And what you'll see is, it, it doesn't mean that all of your projects are going to work, but what you'll see is that there's a, a, a reduced amount of competition because there's less people who have the capacity to move into the creator family, okay? So it's harder to become a creator, it's harder to adopt the creator archetype than the citizen archetype or the advocate archetype. Some people are going to be more naturally inclined to create than others. I, my assertion is that everyone or almost everyone in particular, everyone who's opening a business because we can see that the entrepreneur archetype lies right next to the creator and the artist and the storyteller. So everyone has the capacity to lean into this if you're already in business or you're thinking about going into business. If you're thinking about going to business, you're already thinking about creating. Really what we're doing here is shining a light on this and then amplifying the significance or the importance. So here's the catch, right? It's not necessarily really easy to create or to adopt the creator archetype. When we look at creating, we see that there's two steps that come before, right? So let's say that the creation in this situation is my business and I'm going to open a smoothie bar or something, right? Some kind of a smoothie bar. I'm going to do a side bowls and smoothie. Before that, there's two critical steps. The first step in this process of creating is to relate. All right, it's to relate, relating. So what I need to be able to do is relate to the culture. I need to have the energy, the capacity, and the personal power to not be completely absorbed in the culture. I'm standing at the beach. I need to be able to look around and see that there are people who 
you know, are thirsty. They might want a smoothie. There's no other, no other smoothie bars around here. I need to be able to relate to the culture and see what they're going through, understand or observe and listen to the culture, which means I need to have my own personal practice, right? Because I need to not be part of the culture. I need to be in the culture, but not the culture. I, know, I don't want to be absorbed by it completely because then I won't be able to see it. I won't be able to relate to it, I would just be in it. Okay, I want to be able to relate to it, which means I need my boundaries up uh, at times, and I need to be able to have this personal practice so that I can keep relating. So that's step number one. A lot of people uh, struggle to get to this step because if you don't have the energetic, uh, you know, resources or the capacity, it's a lot easier to not relate. It's a lot easier just to just to be in the culture right, to follow the media, to follow social media, follow the news, and just kind of exist alongside whatever is going on. Number two is the ideation section. So this is number, the second part is to come up with ideas. We do a lot of this uh, in the Access Potential Academy program, idea generation uh, or ideation work. It is very powerful as a tool in order to understand that at the end of the day, ideas are cheap, right? It's very easy to come up with ideas. Having said that, it's an essential step. So once you're relating to the people you want to work with, you need to be able to come up with ideas to help serve them or to help them with the transformation that they want to make. So the idea generation work takes energy. A lot of times I'll sit with someone, I do a, a one day strategy session and, um, we go for like six hours or so, and it's on, uh, it's on the first two sort of sections relating to the, the job that they want to do or the business, where they're at, where their business is at, and then idea generation. And we do a lot of um, brain writing, which is kind of like brainstorming, but way better. And we break this stuff down, and it is taxing. People leave these sessions just uh, wrecked because we go through together fast, a huge volume of idea generation work. Super fun, super energizing, but it's very draining if you're not used to it. And number three is finally to create it, to, to bring it out into the world. And the key things to understand uh, about creating and this, this archetype is it requires us to finish the job. Nothing is created unless it's been released to the world to the universe. If it hasn't been released or finished uh, by the due date, it's not created as just an idea. It's just a draft. And that's fine, but it's not, it hasn't been created. It's not part of the creator archetype. It's just the thinking, right? Just a concept. So <clears throat> this last bit takes a huge amount of energy because you know, we've all been there before where you've got something you're doing and you get towards the end and there's lots of resistance. Stephen Pressfield writes a great book, The War of Art, and one of his assertions that there's the, the resistance is strongest at the end, right? Like right when you're near the finish line, that's when it going, that's when it gets hard. That's when it gets, you know, uh, really tough to finish and it takes that mental, emotional energy to push through. Little side story, he he looks at this as, he looks at that stage as adopting the warrior archetype, which is quite interesting. He talks a lot about archetypes. 
And his assertion is that the warrior archetype is needed to overcome this resistance to win the inner battle of getting your work out there, right? Which is super powerful and um, really resonates. So similar sort of similar sort of thinking. Now, what we can see from all of this is that the biggest driver to become the creator or to adopt the creator archetype is the energy. We need to have the energy. We need to have the practices to be able to move through these stages. Otherwise, not only do we not get to uh, the creator level, but we don't even we don't even get to the ideation level or the relation level fully. We we get stuck. And so, you know, as always, my intention, my focus, my hope for you is that you're really playing with a full deck of cards when you go into business or when you're in business. And you have the capacity to step into this creative archetype to bring your ideas to the world, to finish the job that you're focusing on, um, to bring your gifts out. Uh, and that is going to need a lot of energy on an ongoing basis. And I think that sort of brings us to one of the main things that we see or one of the biggest challenges for small business is the consistency and the practices to cultivate enough energy to be able to create, right? To be able to create on an ongoing basis. There will be a couple of businesses uh, that are anomalies that don't fall into this group, but generally the people that I work with, even if it's a you know more of a uh, a, a more of a, a service provider like a physiotherapy or these types of things, you're still whether you're looking at marketing your website or running a workshop, as soon as you want to move into a leveraged product or to grow an audience or to build brand, you're moving into the creator archetype. So you could run a referral-based business without really stepping into the creator archetype, uh, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. I would recommend at the same time, even if you're driven by referrals, to build brand, build uh, build the audience, build a name, build, build this archetype up, the capacity for the archetypes, because then you'll be able to create leveraged products or leveraged services, uh, which can make your, which can help you grow. So that's pretty much it. 2020, big shift, really important to be able to see this, to be able to move into this archetype and understand it, to see the drivers to help you, being energy generation, being the tools to help you express your full self, uh, to, to, to transmit your true authentic frequency to the world, to create your unique gifts and bring them out to the market. Uh, very, very powerful, especially as we come out of this phase of the citizen and the advocate archetype, which are the followers or the people who uh, really love a sense of belonging. Now, there's a ton of other ones. We didn't go into them all, as I mentioned. You know, there's the explorer, the uh, the networker, all these, the healer, the guardian. And as we said before, none of them are better or worse, and you're never stuck in one versus the others. And we're all going to have particular strengths and, and weaknesses naturally uh, or particular areas or archetypes we tend to move into. Having said that, creation or creating or creativity is a skill uh, so therefore trying on the creator archetype is also a skill or a practice that we can begin 
and we can develop. That's it for this episode of the Access Potential Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions on the creator archetype or this concept, love to hear them. Send them along, john at johntmarsh.com. And I love to hear what you're creating. What business are you working on? What are you doing? What are you putting out there? Let me know. It's always interesting. And thank you so much for listening. It's always appreciated. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. See you then.